We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. All right, Andy Lou, Sam Fendiari, Light Years Podcast. We are back yet again. I was trying to think about what happened this week, and then I, I come on, the dude dropped fifty-one. Yeah, not bad for a collaborative talent. Not bad for a, um, a role player. One, one. So we there's a there was a new one on the timeline from uh, from our man's HP. Uh, he he's just a shooter. That's, just a that's, shooter. That's it. That's it. You know, like doesn't have the all around game like Kemba. He's he's boring. The thing about Steph is he's boring. You know, the the problem is like he's just so good that there's just no flaws except for, you know, that he's a collaborative talent and that he, you know, doesn't see double teams per our man's. Um, So, no, but I mean, what a week, right? From from not just Steph, because I feel like all we do is talk about like what like who's better or like the differences between the two, but this week was like a perfect storm of like both of them playing well and playing well off of each other. I think it's the best they've ever looked, right? Yeah, it's like kind of like off what we, we imagined the two of them would look like. Yeah, you know, We've got like little tastes of it over the years, but it's it's never really been there. And I can't help but feel like part of it is because Clay has been just terrible on offense that it kind of like, you know, it's just – it's Steph and KD and everyone else falls into line as role players. And it makes it honestly a little, it's pretty fun to watch. It's pretty fun to watch them both go for 30 every game. Uh, you know, Steph go for 50, KD go for 40, Steph um, just emasculate Washington. And then KD put up 25 in the fourth on the Knicks. Um, this is, you know, if this is their last year together, I, I can't ask for a better start. Dude, it's 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 gonna be and and there's nothing in this start that that makes me believe that it's not sustainable. Like they're probably not gonna average like thirty five or thirty thirty five together, or they're not gonna shoot like fifty five percent from three. But the way they're playing, like Katie's just going to the rack, right? Like he's playing off of Steph so well. Like he's he's getting the ball, he's pump faking, he's driving, or he's just pulling up from three. He's getting to the right spot. Steph's playing off of him so well. Like they're literally every the t- they're running. It's the amazing game. They're like the two or man three man game too. Yeah, um, I, I think you agree with me. Clay is gonna inevitably bump out of this slump at some point. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I really don't believe Clay is gonna shoot fifteen percent from three for the year. <laughs> it would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> 
do it in a contract year. Just forget how to shoot the basketball. But it's not going to happen. And uh, when he does, um, you know, then their uh, individual onslaughts will kind of be curved a little bit. They'll have a lot more of those three-quarter games, a lot more of those, like, you know, Steph gets 20 on 13 shots, KD gets 20 on 12 shots, that type of thing. Um, Instead of, like, these games where they're both taking 20 shots because the team needs them to carry the offense – uh, because no one else is shooting the ball. No one else is really scoring unless they're completely set up on a uh, a cut or something. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, the only one we're recording this literally right as the, the Nets game ends. It wasn't like they blew them out. Shout and out like, Karis LeVert. I love him on all of my fantasy teams. Um, but um, that Knicks game was, they were losing. And that Wizards game wasn't a blowout either. Like, they were up by a lot, but it wasn't like they were up by 30, right? So, like, a lot of these games, they're not well, – there was the – there's I think there was – oh, that, that, that next game they ended up winning by 20. But but they were down by, like, I think eight or nine at the end of the third. So, uh, it's not like they're blowing all of these teams out. I think they're playing well. But to your point, they kind of have to drop 30, 35 points a game uh, between Steph and Katie because – um, teams are scoring a lot, and and they're not they're still kind of rusty on defense. And Clay's not playing well, so it's it's like a perfect storm. You're right, well, and like, it's like, and we point. both know the Warriors roster is built with a bunch of goons around the core players. But if Clay's going to be a goon too, which is essentially what he's been, he's been phenomenal on defense, but he can't do anything on offense right now. Um, <laughs> that that just turns him into another. Uh, uh, McKinney, <laughs> another, um, you know, Jordan Bell, that type of player. So they really are counting on like Steph and KD to give him 70 points. <laughs> and it's happening and it's efficient too. Like the way I, though, I, I think I'm more surprised. I think with Steph, it's like, okay, we knew he was going to actually didn't know he was going to be like this, this aggressive hunting his shots, but like we've seen him do it before with KD the last two years on the Warriors, we haven't seen him like this. Like just saying, like, fuck you, get out of my way. If you're not if you're in my way, I'm going right through you, right? Like he's just driving to the hole, like just aggressive every single time. I don't know. I'd like to ask, like, if I still covered like be a great question to ask like Kerr and just be like, like, yo, like what, what did changed? they talk about? Yeah, what happened? Right? Yeah, like, because it, it, and it actually um it, it makes last year look like an even bigger outlier because year one, they ran the system well and like everything that was wrong in year one was more continuity than anything, right? Um, and then year two was just strange. Last year was uh, between the injuries and just kind of the weird vibes, it was strange. Oh, you know what it was? You, you've you t- talked about this too. So. The Uber commercial? Yeah, I- <laughs> it's, I think... I mean, that could be part of it. Like, it's it's essentially they, they got into their heads, the Warriors did, about KD. Like, they were just like, yo, we got to do this and, and make sure of this. And if he doesn't like it, he's gone, that kind of thing, right? Like, I, I think, like, you you and I both think that the team thinks, hey, fuck it. Regardless of what we do here, KD's either made his choice or he's going to make it regardless of what we do. So it's like, we're just, we're just going to do what we do. I think Steph feels that way or... or Maybe the coaching staff even kind of feels that way, which I think is more important. If Kerr's like, you know what? We're not going to force feed KD to make him happy. We're just going to do what we always do. And KD can fit in how he fits in. And he's fitting in perfectly, right? And so... It's honestly a better sales pitch. I don't know if it'll change his mind. Maybe they'll win the third one and he'll decide, like, I need a new challenge. But what better sales pitch can they put out there? We, we're two for two. We might, we're probably going to end three for three. You know who we are. You know exactly yeah. what we do. What, what more do you want from us? Like, I, I, I don't know what else the Warriors can do. I think Marcus Thompson wrote that um, in his infamous piece where he predicted KD leaves, but it's right. What, I mean, I, I don't know what rabbit they can pull out of their hat to convince him. Like, they're, he's been here, he'll have been here three years. It is what it is. If he's, if he wants that, if he wants to just keep going and seeing if they can win six, seeing if they can win seven, you know, not not two, not three, not four, but actually delivering on it and not like winning two and then claiming it was, you know, impressive. Um, 
then he stays. Or he could decide, you know, I want to go somewhere else. I want to challenge myself and see if I can do that. That's cool too. The Warriors can't do that. The Warriors aren't going to like bring their sales pitch out and be like, all right, we're going to trade Draymond and we're going to get worse. We're going to trade Clay. We're going to make this as tough as we can on you. Like that, they're not going to do that. Yeah. And that, and that's fake too. You know what I mean? Like that's like, it's just not who they are. And if you get away from who you are, which they did last season, then you start to struggle no matter how, you know, how talented you are. You start to struggle because you're trying to, trying to play a way that you know that's that's not you that's not the warrior so um we could probably talk about kd all day but let's i I wanted to talk about a little bit of uh of uh alfonso mckinney today i I think i know it's kind of a a hipster thing to talk about but i I think i do like how you like on the on the timeline you you try to act like a troll who doesn't care, but they don't know. They don't know the real Andy Lou, the guy who sends me these pre-cut up clips of Looney cutting and telling me about how, how, uh, how great his form is, how much of a just hipster you are. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I wish I did that maybe a couple of years ago, but not like you're the same way, right? Like these things, these things matter. Like McKinney, McKinney shot looks really nice. Like his shot I'm not a shot doctor or anything like that, but you can just tell anybody can tell that shot is way smoother than like a McCall or really any ventral wing that they've had for a while. I'm not saying he's going to be like a great player, but he's got a motor. He's got a nice looking shot, right? Like he can kind of finish. He's long. You know, he tries really hard. Like what more can you kind of ask for from, from a role player? So I think that's been like a super fun addition because I think Quinn, it's been, it's been great. And let's throw in Jarebko into that too. Like all I really want from Warrior role players and, and with McKinney shooting, I'm not as convinced that it holds up. His shot looks good, yeah. but yeah. All, but history, I don't know. I've never seen like his D-League, all, all his numbers suggest he's not a, you know, a great shooter. And that's fine. Maybe he's figured out a shot. Maybe he's reliable now. But um, mostly I just want role players who try to improve put an imprint on the game too many guys get out there with the warriors core and get um what's the way to put it like uh they're afraid to step on toes and mckinney is just kind of like you know i'm gonna defend hard i'm gonna attack the glass and yeah if i'm open i'm gonna take it Drebko's the same way uh it's kind of what i thought caspi would be last year and like at the beginning of the year he kind of did that and then he just got in his own head um when deep down, when, when like all we really want from the, like, I'm not asking any of these role players to take 10 shots a game. I just want them to, if they're open, take it. Otherwise, just like play hard. And I think, um, Jareb, so Jarebko is doing that too. Uh, he was hunting rebounds today. I think, I think him and Draymond were like fighting for rebounds. I think it actually caused a turnover, but that's what you want though. Like Jarebko, I think, was kind of struggling for a bit, but after. Like, after that game winner, whatever it is, like, whatever confidence that he didn't have, now he's got it, right? Like, he's just out there playing basketball like he normally does. I mean, I saw Omri Caspi shoot threes, right? Like, uh, uh, what team is he on now? I think uh, Memphis or, or something? I don't know. But he's, like, shooting again. So, it's, like, it's definitely mental for a lot of these guys. And and um, I, it's also easier for McKinney and Cherevko to get shots because they're bigger and like you, you look at Quinn Cook who I don't think played at all today or, or even nah, he you know, if he did not not much like I but he you don't notice him out there and, and that's for me like Quinn Cook's great um it's he's a good shooter but it's just he doesn't he's not able to affect the game um as a role player the way those guys are and he's not going to play in minutes that matter because I mean he's just too small right unless you're Steph right you're not gonna play um and so uh, it's good to see um, role players play well, uh, even Jordan Bell. Um, and those lineups are – and Kerr's kind of figured out uh, lineups that work with Steph, and, and he's not doing the – well, sometimes he does, like the three goons or the four goons in Steph lineup where you have no shooting and then Steph, right? He's kind of like when he puts in McKinney, Jarebko, Steph. four lead blockers, like the, yeah. the 1970s football offense. <laughs> that Like that doesn't work and as much as we would love for him to keep chucking them. But – like the the lineup with with Jarevko at the four, and then you've got Looney, and then you've got some other guys' pieces and stuff. Like that works, um, and uh, you know if he keeps that up, that'd be uh, if Kirk keeps that up. But we know how it's going to go. He'll he'll throw out a a D Jones Bell Looney lineup sooner or later. But uh, I I think the bench is already well, you can tell we can more fun. Yeah, well, I mean he's 
Kerr's committed to um, <laughs> staggering Steph and KD, which will go a long way in making the bench better. Like, hey, we're going to put one of the two best offensive players on the in the world on the court with you, you know? So um, that'll always go a long way. Like, the hard thing was when he w- he'd put lineups with neither of them out there and, like, Andre Godala had to be the man, you know, and that's not Andre's game. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think – I still don't know what to make of Jacob Evans – uh, friend, oh, friend, friend of the show, uh, Jake Clark might be right. No. <laughs> well, actually, I think you. Th- I think so. Quinn Cook didn't play today. I think yeah, yeah, we made, he may have mistaken I, him for Evans. No, no, I was, I was, um, I was thinking about the the Nets game or sorry, oh, the, the Knicks game. The be. Knicks game. Yeah. yeah, dude, he looks. Is Jake? By the way, is Jake Clark even on Twitter anymore? I feel like I haven't seen his tweets in forever. But um, I, he looks. I mean, he looks like a rookie. He was supposed to be one of those like more polished rookies. Um, which I don't even know if that's a thing, but I mean, that's kind of too early, but he just, if he doesn't have the upside and he's not even kind of able to play now, you know, like, and he can't shoot threes, right. Then it's like, damn, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a lot of Jacob Evans in the G league, like Alfonso McKinney, right. Is essentially Jacob Evans. You know what I mean? Like, and McKinney can play because he's been doing this for three, four years. Right. So he's got like more experience. So it's, it kind of sucks. I mean, he's probably not going to be good. But, yeah, you know. I don't know. I'm not ready to write him off because it's been seven games into his rookie year, but it's not promising. <laughs> it doesn't look good. Um, so we'll leave it at that. Um, Bench is fun, though. That, it that's is. It what is. I They're just playing hard. Um, let's let's move forward. So we we everyone's played about seven or eight games in the league now. We've had about two weeks. Um, if I asked, if I said, Andy Alou, who's the best team in the NBA not named the Warriors today? Who do you say? Oh. Actually, let's take it back. Start with the, the West. Raptors. No, oh, we'll the Raptors. Oh, okay. No, no, okay, no, I was we'll, going to we'll say. Go, we'll go with the NBA first. All right, so you say the Raptors. Um, My Raptors now. They are. I'm all out on the Sixers, by the way. You've convinced me, and you were right. I kind of took the Sixers last year just because I wanted to, you know, just oppose you. But they were cool last year and and kind of chalk up faults being whatever. But I'm all out on them. Um, Simmons is fine and beats great, but they don't have enough shooters. Um, they, I don't Martel, really know what they do as a team. Like it's like either Simmons runs his plays or Embiid runs his plays. It's like kind <laughs> of a, it's kind of a just like my turn, your turn with no anything right no like chemistry even though like they're both really good passers so like it uh, and then markel Fultz is uh, i mean for a guy that was like one of the better prospects of the last decade he is i mean he is he looks like he doesn't look like he's an nba player like straight up not even an end player i'm not talking about like a star i'm just talking about like able to hoop in the nba like he gonna end up like shabazz napier if he keeps like i don't know what's wrong with him um i don't believe that he was hurt um, so if it's all mental, he's got to figure it out because he – that's awful. Um, so it, it's my Raptors now because they've got 16 wings. Um, and then they've also got a guy that, while I don't think is better than Kevin Durant, is probably like right there with him. Because um, you talk about wings in the league, it's probably like KD, Kawhi, and then like LeBron. And he's right there. Plus, so, you, got, plus you got the more exciting Kyle Lowry, you know, more exciting point guard than Steph. <laughs> He's been good, but we know how it goes. Oh, he's been awesome. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. I, they've been the best team so far. I still have a bunch of skepticism around them. Um, I. This is going to be my Kawhi criticism until, until it gets proven otherwise. I do not like having your best player be that like unwilling a passer. I think that matters – in the playoffs when by game three everyone knows your moves so if you can't counter out of them what are you doing maybe he's just that good but like people who say he can score like kd kd's a guy who averages five to six assists a game kd he if cannot you score like yeah yeah but i mean one he can't score like him but two even if i was to say he could he can't i haven't seen Kawhi make that extra pass out of the double team the way that other elites do um, so I'm just curious to see how it goes in a playoff series because you know Boston is going to send doubles and do some some stuff with him to kind of test his all-around game. We know he, in a one-on-one setting, can score on anyone, but can he score on them after they've adjusted the defense three times, you know? 
Well, what do you think? Do you think he's the best player on the floor when that when that you know, let's say it's Raptors and, and your Celtics. Do you think he's the best player on the floor? I think I'd rather have Kyrie Irving. Wow. I think I think one of those players can make more offensive adjustments uh by game five or six than but, the other one. Um, but you don't think he can take away like Jason Tatum. You don't think that matters? Like he can just no, he can erase they don't these... need they don't need Tatum to, to to win the series. They don't <laughs> Well he can take away whoever he could take away Hayward. He can't take away Kyrie. I will put money on that. Yeah, I mean, he probably won't guard him, but yeah. But what I'm saying is he can take away Hayward and they have other options. That's the thing about, like, that's the thing about a team that has, like, so many offensive players, even if none of them are, uh, you know, top five transcendent, because no one on Boston is in that, like, you know, elite tier of tier of players, right? They don't have a KD. They don't have a LeBron. They don't have a, they don't even have a James Harden. Um, but they don't need to because everyone on that team can score 25 at any given night. I don't know, man. That's, that's aggressive. You know what I think the Celtics are? I think they're like a, they're like a steroided version of those Atlanta Hawks that won 60 games. <laughs> does, that, does that make, does that make Kyrie Teague? It's it's like come on I don't uh, like Jalen Brown like he's not Jalen's the worst player. So part of my Celtics optimism is I think Hayward will figure it out after a certain point. Like I'm not really gonna bemoan a dude who missed that much time. I mean you can make the same point about Kawhi. Kawhi faked an injury all of last year and um, (laughs) he really did. So he didn't play and you know it's gonna take him a minute too. He really did fake that. I I do I do think. that Boston offense sucking right now, it doesn't matter at all. No, um, not at I all. think it doesn't matter at all. I think by December, January, like that's when it, if but, they still suck, that's what, what it'll matter. What it does matter is Toronto's not losing and they may just walk to the one seed. Like they may do yeah. the Houston thing where like it doesn't matter if this other team has deeper layers when they're eight games in the hole. Um, and then and then you start wondering how much does home court matter? Uh, because I think it matters a little bit. I think, I, I mean, Boss, I like Tatum. I think Tatum's going to be a superstar. He's not a superstar yet. He definitely plays a lot better in Boston than he does on the road. So that stuff matters. So you think? So if I were the so if we were the Warriors, who would you rather like? Which team are you more scared of? Because I do think Toronto is the more seasoned, the more like they can just throw more stuff at you. Like Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi. Are, are no joke. Like these guys are. I you're gonna think make better defenders. J- you're gonna make fun of Jalen Brown, but tell me to watch out for Pascal Siakam. <laughs> okay, listen. These guys are better defenders than than Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, right? And then they've got Sergi Baca, right? He's still a good defender if he's playing the five, not the four, right? Like they've got a lockdown defensive team more so than I think the Celtics, because they have like how Lowry at least is good on defense. I don't know if he's great. So but, two, two, two reasons I would say Boston's a bigger problem for the Warriors. Boston will slow it down. I don't care how good you are um, defensively. If you play at the Warriors' pace, you're going to lose. And I don't think Toronto can play at that like – like the in my opinion, the best thing Houston did uh, was also probably their undoing on offense, but like they messed up the pace a lot. It was really hard for anyone to get a rhythm when they were like pounding the ball, and you know it. I think that the best way to beat the Warriors is to mess with their pace and make it really hard for Steph or KD to find a rhythm. Because the only way that they find a rhythm is when they control the pace, uh, and then the ball hops around, so it's not an issue of like you know I'm not getting touches. Yeah, I mean, hey, are, by the way. By the way, now that now that you mention um, those guys, are, are they the two? Are Steph and KD the two best players in the league right now? I think it's I think it is right. Not even close. And I I think that noise, they would... you, that noise you hear in the background is uh, these trucks coming up from LA. They're coming for you, Andy. They're coming. <laughs> um, anyway, that was just a side thought because I had tweeted about it earlier. Um, yeah, I, I think. I do think those two teams, though, the Raptors and the Celtics, are better than any team in the West outside of the Warriors. Yeah, that's the, that's actually the interesting thing to me. As it stands right now, I think the West is deep, but I don't know that any team in the West is scary. Yeah, 
I, I I agree with you. So so who would you pick is like the best team right now? Because I, I in the West, not in, in the, the Warriors. In the yeah, yeah. That's a tough I, one. I might go Denver. <laughs> wow. I don't even believe so, it. So, so give me, but at least give me your thoughts on that, because I, I I find that because Millsap is washed. Um, he looks it. Um, I'm yeah. I don't know that he deserves the benefit of the doubt the way that like you know better other players do with looking off. Um, I don't know. I kind of still feel Houston or LA will be the the second best team in the in the West by the end of the season, but that requires some sort of move roster wise. So, given that it hasn't happened yet, we can't talk about it. Yeah, I mean. I I guess I guess if it's I guess it's the Lakers, right? Like if it's a playoff series, like because they have LeBron, but right they have now LeBron in a bunch of length. It, it, I mean, it's going to be problematic, um, right? For for whoever they play, uh, I, I think it's the Pelicans right now, though. I yeah, think it's, yeah, actually, I would because uh, AD. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're we're focusing on Steph and KD playing at MVP level, but AD is playing at their level too. Yeah, he's been – I mean, he's two-way greatness. He's not like two-way – like, oh, because, you know, this guy's good on offense, but he's also good on defense, so we got to say he's two-way, right? It's kind of like what people do with Clay, uh, But with Davis, it's he's two-way, and he could do it all. I think with Giannis, he's also great, and, and that's actually one team we probably should have mentioned. But Giannis still can't shoot. Um, but AD – there's nothing AD cannot do. I saw him do an inside-out crossover – um, right oh, to the rack. That was so silly. Yeah. Like what? What is that? Right. Like that's that is like KD. That's like what KD does. And, right. And, and we both know like AD is not a consistent three point shooter, but if he catches it at eighteen to twenty, it's auto. So I mean, he can if if the rim's not there, he's gonna hit that shot over and over again. He hits it like like he's KG. You know, like it's it's automatic. And then defensively, when he's Ooh. locked in, uh, I don't. He he has he is what you want the modern big man to be because he can he can actually switch and guard anyone at any time while protecting the rim at an elite level. God, he's so good. Like not like the way that like people claim Jordan Bell can, for example. You know, like Jordan Bell has the potential to do some of that stuff, but he's not there. AD does it without fouling anyone ever. Um, yeah, he, he's kind of he's kind of like if uh, he's like a better version of KD on defense, significantly better. Yeah, and he's kind of like I mean I don't know if you remember when he was on Kentucky, and it was just like this dude like is going to be so special. He's kind of oh, yeah. finally coming through on all of it at a consistent level. We've seen it for years, but it always been like he has a great offensive game, but to do it, he'd take defensive possessions off. Or if he had like one of those great defensive games, he'd be a little MIA in offense. He's put it all together like every game now. He's he's twenty five too. Like it's kind of Dude. perfect. It's funny because two years ago it was it was like the cat over AD kind of thing. Like and it wasn't close because Cat was like the new guy and AD was struggling with injury. So it was like, oh, Cat's gonna be a way better player. And now like <laughs> now AD's like a, a future like MVP superstar kind of player and cat is like out here subbing himself out of a game after airballing three so it's crazy how like these guys are young and, and they're only gonna um only gonna get better that team the only problem i have with ad is that it, it's kind of what happened with kd at uh, at okc is uh he doesn't always have the ball enough as much as i like just because he's a big guy yeah but drew holiday is also great so that works perfectly and then Meritich spreads the floor, floor perfectly. They've got good rocket construction. No, oh they, my god, he's been fantastic. They, they just they need a legit wing. Who's yeah? The, who's the worst wing you could put on their team that it would like forget like the realistic machinations of like having to make a trade and cap space? Who's the worst wing you could put on that team that would legitimately scare you that they could like take the Warriors? I mean. They- I mean, I, I just keep thinking of Trevor Ariza because he's going to get bought out, it feels like. Ooh, yeah. Ariza would be – so now you're talking about um, Drew, um, I guess Alfred Payton or Etwan Moore. <laughs> like, they need a couple wings. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think got Solomon Hill, right? It's not great over there. Yeah. Uh, but 
but no, I mean, but they're fun to watch and they play fast and they do have enough defensive players with Drew. I don't think Peyton's that great on defense, but um, but AD and Meritich is solid, right? So like they have, like they have enough defense. They have shooting, right? They have enough shooting. They're just super fun and, and um, they're they're rolling right now too. As long as AD stays healthy, he got he got hurt again per usual, but. Um, I mean, when you look at Houston, like they're falling apart, right? Like that's kind of why I'm like, like Chris Paul, like Harden's hurt, right? Because shocking, he came into the season out of shape. That's what happens when you're out of shape. You get hurt. Like this is why the Warriors, like when they get hurt, it's freak injuries. It's not like that type of stuff. It's that's what happens when you're out of shape or you're overworked is you get injured and then Chris Paul gets spit on, right? And then he's out here throwing punches. Like, and then they're not playing defense. Mike D'Antoni comes out and says they're changing their their whole defensive strategy like a week into the season that seems like a problem carmelo anthony <laughs> man carmelo is it there just... a worse player in the nba <laughs> like of of guys who log consistent minutes like you know that they are going to play their minutes i'm not talking like jarebko where he you know yeah like guys who are locked into a role is there a worse player in the nba oh my dude that is a great dude that's a great part this i've been trying to say this to people when they signed Carmelo, they were like, oh, you know what? It's for the vet men. Like, you could do worse. No, you could do worse. I mean, you could do better because when he's locked into minutes, that's the problem. It's not about the money. If you're paying someone like yeah, 20 you can't, minutes. You can't Quinn Cook you, him. You can't just yeah, play him exactly. or DNP him on Sunday because you don't like the matchup because you want to give someone else a run. <laughs> it's true, right? Like, you got to play him. And if you got to play him and he's not good. That means he's on the floor and he's not good. I don't care if you're paying him one mil or 20 mil. If he's not good and he's playing, that's the problem, right? I don't think people understand that. They're just like, oh, like, oh, like, oh, he's only going to pay this. It's sad. People are like, well, there's a lot of bad defenders. I'm like, there's layers to bad defense. He's he's worse than your bad defender. Like, Swaggy P kind of tried and was bad. Melo can't bend his knees. It's painful to watch. It's like watching my dad play. It's like I'm like watching like arthritis. It's it's a bad look. Um, and he doesn't hit shots, but not hitting shots isn't the problem as much as killing the flow is. You know, like it, this isn't Robertson going one for five. This is a dude like getting the ball and probing, killing possessions, taking rhythm away to go three for thirteen. It's all bad. Um. So that brings me to the last question uh, before we get Julie on here. Uh, whose early season troubles are you most worried by? The Lakers, the Rockets, or the Thunders? The Lakers, the Rockets, or the Thunder? I think those three are the three biggest disappointments to start the season. And granted, they all have different expectations. <sighs> they all have different... They all have different expectations. Like that's, I think that's key. I think that's that's I, I think like I wouldn't pick the Lakers, I think. And by the way, like Lakers are really fun to watch. I know like we love to slander LeBron. Um, but damn that like I love watching Lonzo play. I love watching yeah, Josh dude, they're, play. They're fun. It's oh it, I think God. I think you and I both agree. The frustrating thing about the Lakers is like why'd you have to sign Rondo? Well <laughs> why why'd you sign KCP? Why'd you have to do this? Like you you like these young players plus LeBron, okay, they're not going to like, you know, maybe 45 to 50 wins is kind of like where you're you're sitting. And like, that's not good enough. But like, why'd you have to bring Rondo to the mix? It just, it's just unwatchable now. Oh, um, no, you remind me. I want, I want to get this one off too. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand the Luke Walton criticism either. What do you... Oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like. What do you expect Luke Walton to do when you have to coach a team that has LeBron James and Rajon Rondo on it? Like, well, you critic- think those guys are cr- going to listen to the Luke criticism? Walton? Comes back from this is something people don't get, and this is why I didn't like the Rondo signing. It ties into the Mello signing. <laughs> you can't just treat those dudes like they're the fifteenth man. You can't treat them like they're Damian Jones. So Luke has. He's basically told by management he has to play Rondo. He has to give him a fair shot. And if you don't, they're going to cause all sorts of locker room issues. You and I both know how this goes. Like vets with that kind of stature do not take kindly to being told you're playing 15 minutes a game. They'll accept it 
if the guy in front of them absolutely outperforms them to a point where they're like, you know what? He's better than me. But they're not going to just take it because you want to develop the guy. And and that's like that's why Luke is doing all these weird rotations, in my opinion. And that's not to say he's not making mistakes, but when you put that many strong personalities in and give them money and put it that you know, you you just you can't just sign Rondo and expect him to be cool with ten minutes a game while Lonzo's you know okay, but not like it's not like Lonzo's uh, Steph out there where it's like whoa, all right. Nah. No, no. Oh, I thought I thought, I thought I thought I lost you for a second. I don't know what happened. Um, but yeah, I I agree. Like, but they did say Lonzo starting. Yeah, so but it's always going to be like um, Rondo's still going to get like twenty five minutes a game. It, it's like when the yeah, reality is Rondo needs to be getting. It needs to be one of those things where if Rondo's not going, he plays 12 minutes. And if Rondo's in one of those, like, you know, I'm really feeling it, I play 24, 25. But, like, there's no, like, promise that he's going to, you know. And he's closing, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he, he gave up a wide-open layup the other day. For, I don't Honestly, know. that might do them – that might help Luke because now he can, like – now he can say, like, hey, we're, we're going to try some other stuff out because, you know. That happened, as opposed to like it's harder to bench a guy when they haven't done anything that's irreparable. Yeah, I mean, so I I, I wouldn't pick them. I would probably go with the Thunder. Um, I think Houston at least figures something out. They, they do have Harden and, and CP3, right? And, and they do have like PJ Tucker, right? Who who who's who's good? Um, they have guys. They have like a Capella. system. Yeah, they have Carmelo. They have a system. They have a good coach. Like they can offense their way to like fifty wins, fifty fifty five wins. Um, so, so I think they'll be fine ultimately. Um, I think the Thunder are screwed. Like this is a team where I think. Well, they're about people, to get their first W tonight. So yeah, are they winning now? I mean, people think, people think like we people think we make this shit up. And, and say like, oh, like this about Russ just because we don't like him. Like, dude, there's a reason why. Like, it, there was a feature on him the other day too. There's a reason why it's hard to play with him on and off the court. Like, it's only going to get worse when the injuries catch up, his age catches up, and the shooting doesn't get any better, right? Like, and then now they're not playing any defense because Robertson's out. And Paul George is Paul George, but he's not like giving you anything more than what he's ever done because that's who he is, right? He's a good top 20 player. He's not going to get into the top 10. So like we, and then there's just not enough talent outside of that. Like they've got a bunch of guys that can't shoot. And then like a who can shoot, but can't play defense. So it's like, I, I don't see anything there unless Westbrook like figure something out. And are we expecting him to figure it out at however old he is? Right. Like that's not going to happen. So see, I, still I, think I probably gonna... expect him to, yeah, they're going to make the playoffs, right? Like I think you'd agree, I mean, they but could miss it, but I still think here's the thing with Russ. This is why people adore him. And this is why I just, am like, what are we doing here? The way he plays gets you a baseline of over 500, but the way he plays also limits your ability to ever get above 50 wins. So you're always going to be like, if you're playing Russ Ball with him using that many possessions, and that's what people don't get. Russ Ball means like, he just controls the game. He has the ball too much for you to ever have another style of play. Have you ever sat in on like business courses and there's like multiple different types of leadership? Well, I don't know why I'm going here right now, but um, <laughs> like there's like, there's like the pyramid style where it's like, you know, you go upward, like fall, you know, like. I report to the middle manager, middle manager reports to higher level manager, higher level manager reports to that. And then there's circular type where everyone's just circling the one person and kind of like everyone goes to him and that one person directs everyone. That's a thunder. Everything goes around Russ because the ball is always in his hands. And I don't think he's capable of playing another way. So you know you're going to get your, I don't know, you're going to get over 500, but there's an... He's not LeBron James. LeBron plays the same way, by the way, but LeBron's one of the three best players of all time. Right. Um, yeah. With Russ, it's just kind of like, you know, it works. You're going to you're gonna beat Phoenix. I'm sure you're going to slap the, the hell out of Orlando. But like, you're going you're gonna to hit a ceiling. There's no layers to it. It's, it's just it's, – it's running back the same thing to lose. So is, is that who uh, – so who, who – is that your, your most uh, worried about too? 
the Thunder? I we got to get to Julie right after this, but I still feel Houston. Um, I think Houston has the talent, but there's there's potential. Like no one in OKC, I don't see OKC having the um, personality combustion. Like Paul George knows what he signed up for. Steve yeah, Amazon. you're right. The, 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 the Rockets, like Chris Paul will essentially lose his mind at some point. Um I don't know what's up with Harden's hamstring, but if Harden is actually hurt for an extended period of time, they're screwed. Um, and then there's Mello, and like Chris Paul can love Mello to death. Chris Paul's going to lose his mind at some point over, you know, the Mello he remembers is not the Mello he's playing with. So I would I would be worried about them, even though they probably have the highest ceiling of the three teams. If- well, I'd say this too: like Chris Paul isn't young. Like, at a certain point, he's not going to be that great of a player anymore. At least, like you're saying, if Harden is hurt for a couple weeks, right? And, and even yeah, if Harden comes... Chris Paul can can carry them for the next three weeks, but at some point, Chris Paul is going to need games off. Uh, it's it's uh, it's It works out perfectly for the Warriors. It is funny, though, that the, the two best teams um, are, are in the East, I'd say. Um, and then let's not get let's not forget the Bucks. I think the Bucks are probably just as good as the Pelicans right now. They both have an MVP candidate and and a good offensive system around them. So I do love the Bucks. Um, Jazz well, are probably let's, missing. Let's talk about the Bucks next week. But I I kind of just like I need Middleton. Middleton's really good. He's going to be an All Star this year. I need him or Bledsoe to take a step for me to like go all in on them as uh, in the boss having the same ceiling as a boss in Toronto. Come on. Those guys aren't taking steps. They're who they are now. That's so what, I, yeah, that's yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, but, uh, but no, basketball has been amazing. I think uh, as to recap everything that we've talked about, I think we're watching, at least I know I am like a way more games than I did uh, last year already, just cause it's, it's appointment viewing, like every matchup. It's fantastic. So I, I talked to a lot of people at work uh, too um and they love like it's just it's been great games all season so um that's i'm with you so let's get let's get to julie next all right so we have me and sam we have our good friend congratulations to julie fayer for leaving the warriors and (laughs) getting a way cooler job what kd she's gonna leave the warriors oh and going to la too Wow! Wow! <laughs> How's it going, Julie? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, we're, uh, we're, uh, we're still Warriors fans now. Are you surrounded by Laker fans, or so? What's what's the uh, what's the demographic there? Fan demographic there at the Ringer? Is it all Bronze fans? No, no, no. The Is Ringer- it all Boston fans? <laughs> there, a few, but it's mostly Knicks fans. Oh, really? Well, I guess yes. what is it, Jason. Concepcion, he's a Knicks fan. Who else are Knicks fans over there? Um, Keith and Nicole, they're on the social team with me. They're big Knicks fans. Um, it's unfortunate. There's a Kings fan. Oh, My boss God. is a Thunder fan. <laughs> um, oh, good, why? I'm surprised you're not working uh, 15-hour shifts then. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's cool. He's cool about it. He probably but, doesn't like yeah. us. but <laughs> it's, mostly, it's mostly Knicks fans. So, which, really? Which is very like very different. I've never been around like New York sports fans a ton, but here we are. It's fun so far. Nice. So you were you were with the Warriors since what, 2012, 2013? Yeah, it's December 2012. So you really got to watch the entire rise. Oh yeah. Um so I guess one thing I've always wanted to ask you is how big of a jerk did Steph become after he won an MVP? Was he just like the worst person ever? No. Steph's, Steph's been the same since 2012 as a person. Like how he interacts with people. He's, ob- he's obviously a much bigger star and more well known, but he's been the same guy since I since I first met him. Not like, not like marketing good person, like actual human good person. Very important. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, genuine good person. No, but I mean, you you did get to watch them from like you know, kind of the fun playoff team that no one thought was a real contender to all of a sudden winning a title to now being the team that's ruined basketball. At what point was? At what point did the did kind of the road trips and stuff kind of take a turn? And it was like we're we're no longer another team. This is like a 
um, it's like a rock concert or something. I think it was the 2015-16 or 2014-15 year. That second half of that season plus and then the 2015-16 season was where it kind of was like, holy shit. Like their other opposing teams were starting to broadcast Steph's warm-ups on their TV stations. (laughs) Like that's not normal. That doesn't happen. They'd have to rope off access. Um, during pregames, they would open the doors an hour ahead of usual time just so fans could come and watch Steph warm up. Um, we'd get to cities at like, some cities at like 3, 3.30 in the morning, and there'd be probably 50 to 100 fans out front of the hotel. Like, we landed in Milwaukee one year at maybe like 3 in the morning. It's probably 8 degrees outside, but there's 20 fans outside with autographs just waiting for Steph and Kevin and the rest of the team to show up. It's like, are these, are these like little kids? Like, I'm just trying to think of how much my, my child would need to be badgering me to like be forced <laughs> to go stand in the snow at three in the morning. Um, it was probably like 40% kids. I think it was a lot of parents saying like, this is for my son. Da, 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 da. <laughs> like that kind of thing. Cause I mean, Having an eight-year-old in eight-degree weathers at three in the morning is a little, probably not the best for a growing child, but hey, I admire so, the dedication. So how, how comfortable is it actually on the plane? Because it's, it's, um, it's always like, hey, the player's got to fly a certain amount of miles. It's pretty rough, but it sometimes also feels like, I mean, how bad is it? You know, it, it, it's not like you're, you don't have to necessarily sit if you want to. You can just lay down. I'm sure the planes are. Hey, cabin pressure is bad for your blood, man. <sighs> God. Um, God, I miss the leg room. <laughs> it's it's, just, it's very hard to fly on a charter flight and then go to commercial. <laughs> um, I, I have a I have a question about Steph and KD because that's all we talk about uh, on light on the Light Years podcast. Um, so when you're so the last couple years when you were talking about fans, do they more do they more go and ask for autographs or whatever it is? for someone like Steph or KD? Um, or does it not? Is it the same? It's about the same. Like, I haven't seen any big difference. Um, obviously, in Charlotte, Charlotte, there's a ton of Steph. Um, there's probably more fa- Steph fans in Charlotte just because that's his hometown. Right. But for the most part, it's pretty even. Like, there's a there's a good... It's a nice even mix of fans. Um, <laughs> yeah. S- Sam, so, uh, so it turns out that Twitter is wrong per usual, huh? Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, there there are KD fans. I was told there are no KD fans in the world. Everyone's just a LeBron fan. No, there's a there's a lot of Kevin fans. Like that's yeah. There's a lot of Kevin fans. So you <laughs> have you been to every arena in the NBA then during your five years? Uh, there's only two I have not gone to: Phoenix and Sacramento. Yeah. Ironically, ironically, two of the three closest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I mean Sacramento is the closest. I guess LA is closer than Phoenix, but. Yeah. Um. So I need to know what what is your favorite road? What was your favorite road trip arena with the Warriors then? Like, and it could be for any reason, but just which which arenas were? Because this is Oracle's last year. We're all yeah. partial to Oracle, but which arenas just always had that like electric? Like, I could watch 30, 40 games a year here. Well, not arena, but I just love Portland as a city. The arena is super cool too, but I just love Portland as a city, so that was always in my top five. Portland always has a bunch of Warrior fans too, because it's like a yeah. popular Bay Area transplant city. Yeah, and Portland's just Portland's just like a dope city all around. I love Portland. Um, what else is good? San Antonio, not not San Antonio. San Antonio is like in the middle of a residential area in the middle of nowhere. Oh, really? It's not it's like very- it's not like downtown near the Riverwalk. No, it's yeah, it's it's. Definitely threw me off the first time going to San Antonio. I guess probably people feel that way about going to Oracle. Like they see all the the city yeah. Skype stuff on on TV and don't realize it's kind of uh, in the middle of an industrial area, not walkable anywhere. Yeah, that's kind of like that was another thing about when I first started traveling and seeing other arenas. Like Memphis is literally right in the middle of everything. You can just walk straight across the street to it. So that kind of opened my eyes to how nice it is to have your arena in the middle. Yeah, kind of like what AT&T Park is for the Giants yeah. or what Chase Center will inevitably be for the Warriors. Yeah. It is kind of cool to be able to walk. Yeah. 
So that's a plus side for Chase Center. Like, actually, like, that is, I'm kind of over going to Cleveland, but that was one positive thing that um, spending three straight summers in Cleveland had was, like, the arena is directly across the street from a ton of bars and restaurants. They have bars there? Huh. Oh, yeah. Surprise like they, to your boy. Cleveland has a very good uh, food and bar scene. Hmm. I assumed it was all bars. I assumed it was all like brown fans getting drunk, getting upset. <laughs> yeah, well, how's, the, uh, how's the Oklahoma arena? Um, the arena itself is pretty nice. Like it has a lot of brick to it, which I like. But that's about it. It's a lot of brick to it. It's because Russ plays. <laughs> <laughs> the house that Ru- the house that Russ built, <laughs> brick by brick. Um, how about like how about like Miami? You know, like I wonder, I wonder how what some of those other arenas are like. Miami, well, Madison Square I've been to, but I mean, I feel like Boston's probably like kind of like a basketball I, version of like Wrigley Field or something. Just kind of like I love Boston. Yeah, I like I like Boston's arena. Like that would have been a really cool finals last year. Um, well, we'll get it this year. Maybe. Well, I won't. But... Yeah, but she won't get to go. <laughs> <laughs> I could go. It just would cost a lot of money to go. <laughs> so, so give us some of your 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 favorite moments, I guess that that you can tell us that you can tell the people um, your last couple of years that uh, um, you know running, you know, being with the Warriors. Um, well, the first like road on the road moment that sticks out is not any of the championships, but um, mm. 2016 Clay Game Six, no KC. That was very stressful because. For social, you know, I I had to prepare for the unfortunate outcome. If, like, that was our last game and our season ended, I had to have all the copy and everything social plan ready to go, which I hated doing because it felt like I was jinxing everything. Wait, so what kind of copy do you need if the season ends? Like, great like, season. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just the usual, like, um, Thank there's you. a ton of Thank, thanks. Thank you. Thanks, period, and that's it. No, just, like, like you know... Um, because you want to keep in the tone with the fan base where it's like there's such high expectations and not meeting them is very disappointing, but also maintaining a level of optimism that's not too over the top. So right. Just kind of like this isn't the journey's ending sooner than we wanted to, but I mean, like, this isn't the end of the bigger picture kind of thing. It's very hard to convey that in like such a Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but luckily um clay clay came through like i spilled soda all over my laptop that game and i was <laughs> in the i was in the media seats like way 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 up at the top does it i thought okc sat media they were one of the only arenas that sat media down low national media oh, okay which i'm which I, not so i was up at the top you didn't get the woj seats <laughs> no but i did <laughs> I did. They did put me courtside for one game, and there, there's that gif of me making a really stupid face. <laughs> I remember that one. Yeah. yeah. Like, I can't believe they sat me there. That's probably the, one of the coolest experiences. And that was when um, Steph hit the, like, runoff three to end the half, and then third quarter, him and Russ and a bunch of guys got in that big kind of fake scuffle. Oh, oh right. right. That was when um, – that was when – that was in sixteen seventeen when KD was injured, right? Yeah. And so my stupid face reaction was the refs giving Draymond a tech for no reason, just because he was nearly standing there. So that's what my facial reaction was like. Unsurprising. Is so were that, you were you there for that that Steph one? I feel like we're talking about Oklahoma a lot, but how about that one that regular season game in 2016, or or was it 15, 16? It I forget. Was, oh, it was 16. The Mike, was it 16? Game, the Mike Green game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one where he yeah. hits the 40 footer in overtime. Yeah. No, I was working that from home, literally just sitting on my couch with my laptop, just typing. And I was like, when he hit that shot, I was typing so hard. Like I thought I was going to break my computer because that's just like the quintessential Steph moment where you're just like, holy shit, like he's not normal. Like he's crazy. (laughs) But that's what, yeah, that was probably, that's one of my favorite games to rewatch. What else? Clay's game. Obviously the 2015 championship in Cleveland was really cool just because like I've been a fan of the team since I was a little kid, and so kind of seeing the journey from where the team was to the counting down countdown seconds to getting a championship and running on the court with the team. And the first thing I heard from any of the players was Andre screaming, "We're going to Augusta! We're going to Augusta!" <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> oh, that's right. Kurt promised yeah. to take him to Augusta if they won, right? So that's Andre just like screaming that out loud, like looking for Steph to remind Steph, like we're gonna go, like we're gonna go play around, like round at Augusta, which was cool. And then going to Morton's afterwards. Nice. So opposing arenas, which one? Um, which which team? gets kind of the most amped to play the Warriors. It's probably negative energy, but um I mean they should be. If you're if you consider yourself a rival of the Warriors, you should be angry. Who who's which, which arena is by far like the loudest with the Warriors? Loudest against the Warriors? Yeah. Um probably OKC. Ooh. But Cleveland can't even win that one. That's disappointing. <laughs> the thing about Cleveland is their their game ops like plays all the um in arena entertainment and stuff extremely loud all the music and halftime and in quarter break videos and everything are very 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 loud like unnecessarily loud but as far as fan noise okc is much louder so have you 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 know at oracle they they pump in noise now well like every every arena does that oh i well i felt like they just started doing that last year Uh, um i I cannot confirm or deny that (laughs) I, i know a handful of arenas that absolutely do do that. Yeah, I was disappointed. I need to get to Oracle for a game. Oh. God. Are you going to the yeah. Staples Warriors games this year or not sure yet? Um, That's the plan. Got it. Go yeah, Christmas? Went... Or Christmas is an Oracle. I'm sorry. That's wrong. No, well, I'm flying home for Christmas, so yeah, I'm trying to, trying to go to that game. I need to – What we need to um, – circle back with you when they play in LA because uh, am I wrong in saying the last few years when the Lakers were obviously not good there's yeah. been kind of a warrior fan takeover at Staples um yeah definitely at Clippers games but yeah I would travel to the LA games but I can't remember if it was last season's first Laker game or second game in LA that the Lake the Warriors just played like they had been in LA for a weekend right. and the Lakers won by like 20. I mean, that happens went, once a year anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I went to the Lakers, um, Lakers Rockets opening night and we were texting about just the difference in like the game ops and game presentation. Right. In that atmosphere, which like it was a little underwhelming than what I was expecting for like LeBron's first home game at Staples. But I think that's just kind of the tone that they have. They've always had. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm just curious, like, because um, obviously you've been a Warriors fan as as long as Andy and I have, so you remember when the Warriors sucked, but the Lakers were really good, and it was kind of like a ton of Laker fans at Oracle. Uh, now that they're they're both going to be good. Um, obviously, the Lakers are not as good as the Warriors, but you know they have LeBron. Uh, I'm just curious what the atmosphere will be like when the two of them play because there's so many transplants in both cities. Is it going to be a dominant crowd for one team or the other? Is it going to be mixed? I don't know. I, I'm really curious to see that. That might be my number one um, arena fan thing I'm curious to see all year. I don't know. I think like on for opening for the Lakers opening night, there was a pretty even mix between LeBron and Kobe jerseys. Okay. So, like, I think I think when the Christmas game, when the Lakers go to Oracle, it'll be there will be more Kobe jerseys than LeBron jerseys. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it's gonna be fantastic! It's gonna be great. So, are you for the Ringer? Are you tweeting from the Ringer NBA account or the Ringer account? A uh, little bit of both. We have a there's six people on the social team. Okay. Oh, I can't wait! I cannot wait till it's all <laughs> Warriors. I can I just can't wait. Um. <laughs> so before 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 we let you out of here, that's that's what we gotta get that promise from you. Is just just start tweeting Steph stuff. No, see that. Oh, actually, I uh, before you go, I wanted to ask about the the Warriors thing. So, um, yeah, what was going on with the uh with the Warriors social media account? You know, posting just KD gifts and and LeBron. You know, that was that was a little concerning. So um, so uh, we need you back. Gentrifying uh, the account. That's, that's, Un unfucking believable. Um, yeah, so Julie, let them know. Let 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 whoever know that still works there. Uh, from from us, from me and use, Sam. Use, that, your, uh, use your back channels. You know, it won't get rid of. Back, them. It won't come back to any of us. You know, go through go through a third party intermediary. But but let them know the brand. The brand starts with Steph, Steph and Clay, <laughs> and then it, it funnels it funnels from there. You guys are awful. <laughs>
All right, Joy, thanks so much for coming thanks on. For is, there any, is there anything you want to uh, plug for the Ringer? Yes, follow at Ringer NBA. I promise I'll get a step better tweet for you. All right, when thanks. he win, Steph wins MVP, I'll tweet Steph better for you. There you go. Yeah, That's all there. we need. Thanks, Joy. You're welcome. Let's go!